heaven are we here, and how to make sense of this mess of our humanness, and perhaps even transcend it. Welcome back, everyone, to season two of Dawn of an Era of Wellbeing, where we deep dive into uplift with insight, thanks to remarkably informed guests exploring the nature of our human nature and how to better relate to it. If abnormal is the new normal and perceiving is the new believing, then inner is the new outer and consciousness is our source for healing. Yet for many, it still seems like anything but the dawn of an era of well-being. From climate to war to geopolitical riddles and more, archetypes are falling, infrastructures are crumbling, nations are transitioning, bedrock is shifting. So what's going on? Well, if you look at it from the outside in, it's the same old conflictual story getting rather scary. Now we're raising the bar by raising awareness that this mess of our humanness can only be resolved from the insight out. Think about that play on words. Insight, as in inciting violence, versus insight, as in vision that emanates from a profound shift in perception about the world around us and within us. This is a mighty discussion space featuring mighty voices of loving change, two of whom are our co-hosts on this adventure through humanity's hero's journey. Let me welcome back our esteemed Irvin Laszlo, two-time Nobel Peace Prize nominee, world-renowned philosopher and system scientist, author or co-author of over 106 books, founder of the Laszlo Institute of New Paradigm Research and the Club of Budapest, and recipient of multiple honors and awards like the Goya Peace Prize, the SCC Mandir of Peace Prize, and the Luxembourg Peace Prize. And Fred Sow, business leader, futurist, practitioner of Eastern wisdom and Western science, author, chairman of the Family Business Network's Ambassador Circle, and founder of ITEA Institute and Octave Institute, fusing ancient wisdom and quantum science as a platform for people to achieve a purposeful life, mindfully lived at new levels of consciousness and freedom. Irvin and Fred, we are so excited to have your impressions about today's very important discussion with John Bunzel. We've discussed in the past with our many brilliant previous guests how education needs to be reformed, heart connection needs to be restored, relationship building between species needs to be rekindled, power of eight consciousness groups need to be seeded, all of which directly relate to building this dawn of an era of well-being. But what about the hot topic of politics and policy, the driving engine of much of our current toxicity? Given seemingly insurmountable world challenges like the raging war between Russia and Ukraine or sustaining our natural resources of which this war alone threatens 50% of the world uh, grain production, it seems that the message of the book, Dawn of an Era of Well-Being, New Paths to a Better World, is more vital than ever. The course correct or incorrect of a few people has worldwide implications for the many. So before I introduce today's guest, John Bunzel, would you, um, Fred, share some of your insights about calming the anger and insight, pun intended, based on this wonderful book's infinite wisdom? Yeah, well, you know, the thing is that we're connected to the universe and the cosmos and they act in synchrony. Everything is simultaneous because everything is, ho uh, is holistic. 
However, the information flow is disturbed by the human choice and the human distortion of illusion. Because while we have the receptors of our material world, we're driven by desire. And so these uh, kind of uh, illusion or ignorance uh, disturb the information flow of what the system really works. Because system actually works very differently. Uh, we have a body, mind, spirit, but actually a spirit, mind, and body. And so mm -hmm. therefore, the body sensory uh, system disturbed the information flow. Mm -hmm. And we're not in natural state because human being is the most spiritual, most creative being of all things. And so therefore, with, this, with the information disconnect is where it does. And while uh, we need a journey inward, we are disturbed by the external stimulant, and now we are on an external uh, journey. And so therefore, we cannot really get connected with the source because we are connected with the material stimulant. And therefore, we're distorting the information process, which we call ignorance of the reality. We have a very, very sophisticated mind-body-spirit system and we work on the Wi-Fi system, which is the um, microtubular connectors that is in every body cells is informing information. But you know, we have a neural wiring and a chemical system that respond to our sensory uh, response. And now desire, therefore, is not that returning to the source. And so therefore, we have a different worldview because we have a material worldview. We have a mismatch of ignorance of how the system works. And so in religion, it's called the calling. I listen to the Holy Spirit. And the Chinese is also with the calling, which is really connecting to the source. And we're not connecting the source, we're connecting to the wrong source, right? <laughs> and so we see the things as like, oh, this is thing, this is because the cause and effect on the cosmic basis is very different, and the cause and effect in the very, very shallow, short-sighted material world. And so as I hear this politics, all that, and we're indulged and consumed by that reality. And in reality, the reality is not what it is. The cause and effect is much deeper as timeless. And so when we're looking at these things, we're thinking of cause and effect in a, a very, very minute material world, and we cannot see it. And so when we talk about simultaneous, well, everything is holistic. There is no time and space. Of course, everything's simultaneous. What caused the delay in the simultaneous? What caused the distortion of the information flow? And that's what we have to deal with. And we call that ignorance. So awakening is allow us to see the whole system, how we should work the consciousness level. And so we are working with a conscious level, which is the sixth level of consciousness, which is linked into the distortion caused by our desire and caused by the stimulant of our sensory uh, receptors.
Mm. And an interpretation of that becomes disturbed. And so we work with our left brain in what we call logic. And this logic is not the true logic. And that logic is needed for me to do work. But we do not get the intuition, the impulse of the universe that's telling us. We choose to believe in the different left brain activity of what we call our logic. And then we have this identity of the constructed self that we don't know our true self is not what it is. And so we're lost in our own, own story. And so we keep telling the story. We're indulging to isms. Ism is not real. It is just a theory. So you can see, for example, that uh, we're working uh, with this theory. However, we have the theory of the moral sentiments, where it's capitalism or communism, the moral of the sentiments is our conscience. And that is a inherent calling of what is reality, which is holistic, simultaneous, and intuitive base. So we don't work without intuition. We work with our left brain connective mind. And we're indulged with the story. And then we keep telling more story of the story that we created. So we need a narrative of humanity that's really gradually believed. What people do not understand is an awakening that changes our belief system. The belief system and thoughts creates the reality. We are participating in creating the material reality. And as you know, in the quantum theory, it is just vibration of the energy clustered together created by consciousness. And this consciousness landed in this material world in the process of thoughts. But we don't know that the thoughts that come from our intuitive um, reception of the impulse of the universe and the cosmos is different to the thinking process. Mm. All right. And so it becomes ignorant of the reality that we live in. And so we see that, oh, it's simultaneous. Of course it's simultaneous. But why is it not simultaneous? Because there's a distortion of information. And there's a distortion of interpretation. So unless your context, your content, and your connotation is aligning with the universe or the Tao, the evolution energy, we get distorted. And then we have all these logic that actually are not logic because the logic of the universe, the miraculous invisible hand or the miraculous nature of God's, it's not able for us to understand. It is totalistic and we're working on a very linear way of our left brain. And in reality, it's not linear. Fred, and therefore, it has become distorted. But, but I have to, this is so uh, profound, Fred. So here's my question to you in relation to John Buzzle's, you know, global governance platform, a real tool. Is this lack of um, intuitive um, understanding, intuitive living on the part of leadership or on the part of citizenship, is that a result of 
a cooperation by both sides? Which which fed into the other first that that created this kind of stranglehold now that seems that neither side can extract itself from, you know, almost like a, a tornado, the more it whips into a frenzy, the, the greater the force becomes. What came first, the chicken or the egg, the, the leadership misperceiving intuition or citizenship, or did they cooperate together to create this condition? You have to understand the difference between leaders and leadership. Leadership is an energy. Right? It's a ship. It's a complete ship. It's holistic. But the leaders are the one in the human contract system that actually leads the way. So Joseph Campbell has a very interesting way of describing mythology. So you go through the first thing of the sage of the hero of the thousand pages, which is facing yourself, able to transform yourself to face your shadow side, to, 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 to deal with your fear. And then the next stage is what they call the rainbow warriors, where you actually overcome by facing yourself, and then you can act from the space of not separation, but holism. Mm -hmm. And so you can look at it simultaneously. The whole thing has to happen. And then you say, well, I know this is the right way, but I will be disadvantaged if I do it first, right? And so where everybody knows it's the right way, it says, you do first, you do first. But nobody does first because of fear. Exactly what simple, it is exactly what simple was talking about, this dynamic. Isn't that true, John? Yeah. So it's like, who acts first? Who acts first? Who acts first? Well, somebody has to act first to create the leader, to stimulate the leadership to become a whole chef. Because everybody knows this is the way. But, you know, like, okay, I'm going to do this policy, but I'm going to disadvantage. My economy is going to suffer. So if everybody prepared to pay more for energy, you look at the 85 trillion, soon to be in the, by the end of this decade, 125 million trillion economy, how insignificant the act is. Now, if we all agree that this is my value and we don't want fossil fuel, everybody pays the same cost. Economy will balance itself. But am I going to be the one who do it? No, no, no. You do it first. I'm going to wait. So I'm fearful. You're fearful. He's fearful. And then it cannot be done. But everybody innerly wants to find harmony, peace. Everybody wants to find peace. Everybody do not want conflict. Nobody wants stress. And yet we continue to stress ourselves up because we're fearful. So how do you transit? Somebody has to transit. Somebody has to initiate this whole process. Now we have all the platform, including United Nations. And it's having some, some impact. It's very slow. So I was a uh, chairman of a shipping association and I watched in the nineties, our struggling was substandard shipping. I was in the shipping industry. That was struggling with that. I was trying to say, hey, and then from substandard shipping, they move into regulating on the design of ships, then all the way into uh, 
carbon emission, more regulations. And now they're dealing with, hey, not only design the ship, how are we going to scrap them? And so you can see the world's already moving this way on a very micro steps. The problem is a problem is faster evolving, which is an ethical problem. The market economy is great, it's this great thing, but what it does is an immorality of money, and therefore we have an ethical issue. The whole sustainability is an ethical issue. Everybody knows that, but they are fearful. I may die before ethics arrive. So if you're not afraid of death, you're the first one that won't say, I'm prepared to die, but this is the right thing to do. But do you see anybody doing that? Well, they're not afraid of dying. And so they never take the step. So everything happens in micro steps and dealing with the issue, right? And so, you know, we're doing fine. It's already evolving. The moral of, uh, there's the moral of, uh, <coughs> the theory of moral sentiments is acting, but it's falling behind. But because of the moral sentiments, we have ESP, we have impact investments, we have a change. More than 25% of the fund managers are in ESP now. So it's basically what is ESP? It is just boundary of ethics. So, so you made a very important point also here, Fred, which I want to ask John about, because you were uh, indicating that it's almost that the problems are accelerating faster than the ethics and the morals to catch up with the problems. So John, do you feel that simple can actually address in terms of the, the governance issues and, and the political turmoil, something in a rather rapid way, a sort of a catch up tool to bring you know, the fear that uh, Fred is articulating, which is the very dynamic of simple, who's gonna go first? So we all go together. Can simple help this? That's the idea. Yes. <laughs> that that, we, we, that we, we move together precisely because mm -hmm. um, much as we might want people to, you know, to show leadership and go first, mm -hmm. no nation's gonna do it. Let's, let's be clear, they, they, they're, they're just not. And so that's why um, a, 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 an organization that, that invites people to, that invites nations to move simultaneously together so that nobody loses out, so that nobody need fear anymore because they all know it's going to happen simultaneously. Everyone will be affected at the same time. Everyone's relative competitiveness will remain the same. Um, that was the way I, I believe that we will get action. Um, but um, the, the problem, I think, as, 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 uh, as Fred has, has pointed out, is we're sitting in our left brains mm -hmm. and we're sitting in our left brains at a, what I would call a nation-centric level. Um, what I mean by that is, to, so for example, if, if a politician says to you, well, if we, if we uh, deregulate X, Y, Z, this will make... Britain or whatever country more competitive, your left brains will say at a nation-centric level, that's a good thing. We've got more competitive, that, that, that will mean more prosperity. But if you move to your right brain and can then move to a world-centric level of consciousness, 
you would see that all nations are playing the same game and therefore they're all going to lose. So with your, your world-centric right brain, the, that larger uh, perception means that you, you can see the vicious circle of, of destructive global competition, as I call it, and that's when you realize that a simultaneous solution is, is absolutely vital and necessary. And, and hopefully people will move towards it um, rapidly. But, but um, you know, as, as we were saying earlier with Ervin, consciousness is very slow to catch up with the global reality. Um, so, um, you know, we're in a situation where, where it's, it's the, the way I think of it, the way I, I describe it in my book, um, The Simple Solution, is it's a little bit like current regulation, government regulation on, on carbon emissions and all these other global issues is like an old an old timer vehicle going down the slow lane and, and governments say, well, look, you know, we're moving along quite nicely, you know, but of course nobody's looking at the fast lane where this sports car of, of global problems is just whipping down the fast lane and of course it's overtaking us. So to our current, you know, national governance just cannot deal with global problems. It's, it's simple as that and, and that's why we need a, a new framework not not world government not not uh, nothing not that but we need coordination and cooperation at the global level and that's what simpol is designed to, to and, and simple in other words is designed so you don't even have to be living in a democratic nation for simple to have no. No, no. yeah exactly i mean Okay. Simple, simple is flexible for, for both democratic and non-democratic nations. So in democratic nations, we, we have a process whereby citizens can use their votes to drive politicians towards signing up, signing the simple pledge and signing up to this uh, concept of simultaneous implementation of the of, of, of solutions. But in non-democratic countries, they can just join the process simply by the decision of their government. Um, you know, so, so simple is... It, it doesn't require democracy. It 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 it, it really just requires agreement uh, <laughs> at the international level. So it is is flexible for for any political uh, uh, proclivity that any nation has or any particular political culture. Uh, it, it is is fine. It, it really just is a matter of right. of of creating the trust that that all nations can trust one another to implement what is agreed. That's all. It's really a shift in perception, as Irvin and Fred have been de describing. It it's truly remarkable. Fred, I want to swing back to you for a minute and get your take. We were talking a little bit about uh, competition, the notion of competition. And um, I was wondering a couple of questions. If commerce-driven competition is actually necessary component for a nation's healthy maturation, why competition is so negatively perceived in relation to governance as opposed to sports or entertainment. And if, and specifically this, if there are cultures throughout history, perhaps in the Asian uh, cultures that have mastered previously the fine art of healthy competition in relation to this ship called leadership and nation building rather than obliterating one's opponent. Can you speak to that for a moment? Sure. I mean, competition is not competition. I mean, Darwinian theory of evolution has changed. Where competition is the key, the new evolution biologists know is collaboration is the key. How do you collaborate? And now we're moving gradually from sustainability 
which is an awakening to flourishing, which is the right direction. That I mean, sustainability gets you nowhere, but flourishing is the direction. It's like, if you chase after happiness, you will never get happiness. You're constantly telling yourself, I'm not happy. I need to find happiness. But in effect, we're born happy. All we need to do is being. So the whole concept is from doing to being. Being is when you become yourself. The fact is we have this ecosystem that constantly describes a material self and a separation self, which is always full of fear. It is when your true self, which is full of love and unity and creativity, that you can flourish. And so we're, it's just a transition. So now we have like, for example, simple, there's a lot of global movement in the awakening process. It's a movement. It's a movement. Every bit is coming us into a movement. ESG is a movement. Simple is a movement. Impact investment is a movement. It's an awakening. It's a theory of moral sentiments reacting to an ethical state that we are in in the market economy. And so capitalism is living its full cycle into awakening. And so I think simple is great. I mean, this is part of the whole movement the age of Aquarius, the awakening, the energy of Earth has shifted, the equinox has shifted, the speed of the Earth has speeded up, the awakening, the energy of the Earth has shifted, the Gaia is awakening. So obviously everything is happening quickly and we're awakening. And all this, these are the movement of the awakening. These are the rainbow warriors that Joseph Campbell's uh, are learning. They are the people who has transited through uh, facing themselves, overcoming themselves the fear. And they have now says, I need to act. Mm -hmm. And simple is one of those actions. So I salute to you. This is part of the movement. This is part of the new era creation. This is part of evolution. And we're there, except some are aware of it earlier, others are slower. The purification process means when this movement gains speed, all of a sudden, without knowing, the water turns into steam and the new era arrives, a new civilization. The end of Mayan calendar, the abundance era has arrived and human being has awakened to the second exo era. Thank you. Yeah, no, no, and, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the ev evolution, um, Fred, because a lot of evolutionary, well, some some evolutionary biologists are very interested in simple, uh, including um, David Sloan Wilson and um, John Stewart. And in fact, John Stewart um, uh, uh, first um, alerted me to to simple's place in that evolutionary process, um, and it is it is completely consistent with. Um, what they call multi-level selection theory, which is that in, in, in a sense, evolution goes through cycles of competition and cooperation, competition and cooperation uh, to higher and higher levels of complexity. And so it's more like a dance between dance partners in, in a sense. And, um, you know, we, we, we uh, you, you, going back through human history, we can see that dance 
um, from, from families to tribes to middle-aged small states to nation states. You know, there's been, at, at every level, it's been competition that's driven a crisis, and that has then been solved through a larger scale of cooperation. That then unleashes another crisis of now competition between nation states. And now the next new world, the new awakening, as you call it, Fred, is some form of global cooperation, simple or something similar, uh, that will, will uh, bring the global competition and global governance and cooperation into balance again. Mm. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, it's happening. But we we need to shepherd it along. Uh, I think uh, you know the the uh, problems are, are, are threatening to overwhelm us. So we certainly need to move swiftly. Well, I must say, I that totally. You, I, yeah. I'm sorry. Please, please continue, Fred. <laughs> I'm just too eager to respond. I said that you know this is so true. You know that you know evolution biology know that we evolve in the direction of the challenge. We evolved in the direction of challenge. Where are we going? Look at this era's challenge. We know where we're going. And it's massive. It's global. And so what we're doing in the dawn of new well-being era is a collaboration for further collaboration to create this movement and platform of all these rainbow warriors to move together. So I think this is really a dynamic dance with two businessmen who are actually warriors of a new global governance, a new Gaia in all forms, all facets, all sectors. It's a thrilling time to be alive, challenging. So we want to acknowledge that to our worldwide uh, listeners because we know that we're talking one thing, but if you're sitting in a war zone right now somewhere on earth, it feels quite another but it's happening and any, any birth process has to go through a kind of chaotic uh, energetic to be born. So I just wanna thank you both. Are there any final, final words either of you wanna say to each other or to the world at large? I've been very, very happy to continue our discussion, Fred, uh, offline or you know, on, on email or whenever. Uh, so uh, I was very interested in what you had to say. So. Yeah, yeah I, I love that. This is the whole thing about creating the movement into momentum. And I, I'm really glad to meet and really want to work together. And I think as businessmen, you have a special role because it's a market economy is going to drive the world. Mm. And um, I, I must say I'm really inspired uh, because it's all constantly feels very lonely on yourself. And the more we actually connect, the more we are validating we're in the right journey and that we need to collaborate to get the momentum going for the movement. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and I'm really happy that we had this conversation. Me too. Maybe the two of you will meet in London. I don't know. Do you get to, to London from time to time, Fred? That was the plan last year. I do. I do. Yeah. I have a place in London. I oh. believe London will play a very special role between East and West. And London will have its glory again from the 19th century. <laughs> well, I look forward to meeting you when you come, uh, Fred. I'd be very happy to entertain you with a, a pint of warm English ale.
Thank you for joining us. Dawn of an Era of Wellbeing is a co-production of the Laszlo Institute, ITEA Institute, and Select Books. It's produced by Nora Cesar and Kenichi Sugihara with theme music Chimera by Piba DuPont. The book, Dawn of an Era of Wellbeing, co-authored by Irvin Laszlo and Frederick Sal, is available wherever books or e-books are sold. Please subscribe to Dawn of an Era of Wellbeing, the podcast on Apple or Spotify for more fascinating guests and discussion. My name is Allison Goldwyn, founder and creative director of Synchronistory.com, a future party for the planet broadcast live worldwide. Wishing you well-being till we talk again next week. Thank you.